Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
The Lord is the strength of his people, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward the holy oracle. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. The Old Testament lesson for the sixth Sunday after Trinity is written in the twentieth chapter of Exodus, beginning at the first verse. God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol, nor any image of anything that is in the heavens above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me, and showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. You shall labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work in it, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of Romans, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. We who die to sin, how could we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all we who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will also be part of his resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be in bondage to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin one time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Thus, consider yourselves also to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. For, amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even one smallest letter or one tiny pinstroke shall in any way pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever shall break one of these least commandments and teach others to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, there is no way you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the ancient ones, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I tell you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be in danger of the council. Whoever says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of Gehenna. If, therefore, you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly, while you are with him on the way, lest perhaps the prosecutor deliver you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and you be cast into prison. Amen. I tell you, you shall by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
In our call like this morning, we pray to our Father in heaven that he would graft in our hearts the love of his name in order to increase in us true religion. And, whoa, true religion. True religion. That sounds rather offensive, doesn't it? Because in praying an increase in true religion, we're implying that there is a false religion, or even many false religions. In fact, we said true religion, that there's only one true religion, which means there's also a true God, as well as false gods, and that there is also true devotion and false devotion, as well as there being true duty in religion and false duty in false religion. So when we pray that, we're saying there's a true religion, a true God, true devotion, true duty. That's a bold claim. But that's exactly the claim that our Lord and St. Paul make in our readings today. It is why St. Paul says in the epistle, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Here Paul is addressing whatever confusion there may be about true and false belief or religion. After all, who could say it is the higher righteousness to persevere in sin? Is that a righteousness that's higher than the Pharisees? Are we to think that is true religion, to persevere in sin? Or are we to think that the true God sent his son to die for us so that we can revel gleefully in the filth of sin with the pigs? Or to think true devotion to God is just being a kind person to others, no matter what we read or watch or listen to day by day, every day, or those things that we lack to read and hear. Or to think the duty in true religion is how much progress we can make in our work in a day, or how many boxes we can check off our checklist, as if that's the most important thing to life, day after day after day. And to that, Paul says, by no means. He says no to all of it, saying, how can we who died to sin still live in it? So what then is the true religion? Well, Paul continues, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death? True religion is this, says St. Paul. You have been baptized into Christ Jesus, into his death. You have been baptized. That's passive. It's not something you did. It's not your work. It's not your confession. It's included in your confession, but baptism itself is not your confession. Baptism is what happened to you. It is what you received. It is what you were brought into. You were brought into the true religion, the true reality of Christ crucified and Christ risen. The death and resurrection of Christ is what you were given. It's what you entered into. It's what you are still living by in the grace of God living by and living in. The true religion is the grace of God given to you in baptism, the true reality you're brought into. So then, our devotion, our duty in this true religion, they are not needed to receive the promises given in this sacrament of the water, but they are the fruit of the grace received in baptism. They come out of it. They are the fruit of the divine love and grace, mercy and peace into which we entered into in baptism. Devotion and duty spring from this. 
and look at the number of ways that St. Paul says we enter into this true religion. He says, all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And again, he says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And again, he says, if we have been united to him, with him, with Christ, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And again, he says, our old self was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer, that is, we would never again be enslaved to sin. All this is to say, you have been united with Christ. Your old man has been crucified with him. Your new man arises with him. These are the blessings received by grace and baptism. You are completely and totally united with Christ. In this life with our spouses, we may be united as one flesh with husband and wife. But with Christ, you are, you are united with him in spirit. You are one in spirit with him, which is a much deeper intimacy beyond our comprehension. But be that as it may, it's true. You are so united with Christ in baptism that the benefits of his passion are now yours. It's as if you, you yourself died with him. And you have died with him in the waters. So that Christ's perfect obedience, you're so united with Christ that his perfect obedience is now yours. Christ's forgiveness is yours. Christ's righteousness, the righteousness that is actually higher than the Pharisees, that's yours. The victory of, over death, which is Christ, is yours. So you, like Christ, may never be enslaved to sin or death again. The glory of the Father in which Christ was raised, that's yours and will be yours when you are arisen in the same way with him. All of those are yours now. The promise of the resurrection is yours now. You are partakers of all for which he died, and you partake of it by your divine right and baptism at this altar every week. That is the true religion, the true reality into which you have been brought into. This is the true God whom you are united with. So much so that you are, since your baptism, sons of God with Christ. That's how united with Christ you are. You are also now a son of God with him and in him. And so St. Paul continues, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So this is what it means to be united with Christ. Christ will never die again. So then neither will you after you died with him in baptism. You won't die again. And even though the saints may die in body, Paul says elsewhere that they sleep. Though their bodies are dead, they are very much alive still in Christ. You are united with Christ. So if death no longer has dominion over Christ, then neither does sin or death have dominion over you. If Christ died a death to sin once for all, then so have you died 
a death to sin once for all in the waters of baptism, being united to Christ's death. And if Christ in the resurrection has life, which he lives to God, then so do you, because you live with him, in him. United to Christ, your old nature is dead. United to Christ, your new nature is that of Christ crucified and risen. United with Christ in baptism, you live with him in true religion, true reality. You walk with him in this true reality. And if we're alive in this true reality, then it means our lives will produce fruit, true devotion, true duty. That is why Paul says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. It's the righteousness of Christ in being alive to God in Jesus. That's the true religion. Now, it's often said by our theologians that there are only two religions in the world, Christianity being the one, and the religion of works righteousness being the other, everything else being works righteousness, everything else being the false religion of the Pharisees and scribes, the false religion which thinks it can revel in, sti- in sin and still persevere. The false religion is the religion of cheap grace. It thinks Christ's death on the cross was cheap. So it goes to find pride and glee in sin. Cheap grace. It's the false religion of finding righteousness and the approval of the world and other men. Of thinking that just being kind or a good person or doing enough good works can earn your righteousness. It's the false religion which thinks we can compromise with the world that thinks it can watch or listen or read whatever the world produces every morning, every night, every day, and be okay. Even with all that, while the word of God is being barely read, it's the false religion that thinks if we can just survive the day by doing everything we can to just check the boxes off our checklist, to make progress at work or at home or on our projects, and do all that, give all the time to that while leaving barely enough time or any time to prayer. And the thinking that if we do that day by day, that we can survive spiritually as well. That's the false religion, which thinks it can still hate the brother and call him a fool and be righteous, which thinks it can be at odds and divided with the brother and still be able to approach God, which revels in sin as it thinks the law of God has been abolished for some reason. It's the false religion who thinks It has the righteousness of the Pharisees who deny Christ and with them think they can enter heaven themselves by their own works. That is the false religion of our pride, of our flesh, of mankind over history. It is the religion where man finds devotion and duty inside himself and fools himself into believing all that is to God because really his own God is himself. So of the two religions in the world, This is the one that is shared by all belief systems. The belief of works righteousness. All of them believe that except Christianity. Christianity is the other religion, the true religion. So what is true devotion and true duty to the true God in this true religion? Luther describes describes this 
the true devotion and true duty, when he catechizes on the water and baptism. He says, the water and baptism indicates the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and all evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. By the grace of God, by baptism, we can every day drown our old man. And by the grace of God, by baptism, we can every day emerge as the new man who is alive in a righteousness and purity far above that of the scribes and Pharisees and the religion of man. That's our gift in baptism, that every day we can drown the old man and emerge as the new man. True devotion, then, is that which seeks to hear the word of God every day so that in that divine word we may die in contrition and repentance in Christ's crucifixion, and so that in that divine word we may also be brought to life and emerge, to, emerge before God in Christ and his righteousness. True devotion doesn't start by trying to give what is ours to God or by thinking that we're good enough on our own before God. True religion starts by receiving from God what his son died to give us, which is forgiveness and life eternal. Christ's righteousness. This true devotion is what we struggle with in the 21st century to our incredible detriment. In catechesis, this is why we don't want our children to treat catechesis like schoolwork, because we don't want to inculcate children, our children with just academic knowledge of Scripture. Instead, we want to shape our children in a true devotion and a true piety, which daily prays the Psalms, daily hears the Scriptures, which then daily drowns their old man and makes their new man emerge. We want them daily to be able to live in that blessing, that grace of baptism. Don't treat catechesis like schoolwork. Treat it as true devotion and piety, which looks to God for all that is good. And not just for our children. This is what we want also for our, for our adult catechumens and for all of our baptized in the pews. We want to help you develop. We want to help you in the scriptures develop this true daily devotion, which looks to God in scripture and prayer every day. So you may be drowned and emerge in baptism every day. So you may be made righteous every day in baptism. For all the challenges of the youth leaving the church and the church getting smaller every year, we don't meet this challenge by our work, but from a true devotion and piety developed from and in this true religion of grace. A piety which goes to church every Sunday, a piety which looks, at, looks and hears and reads the word every day looking to God to make us more righteous. A piety which makes us more righteous only when it daily seeks forgiveness in Christ and not from our works. Daily, as the old man of the old religion is drowned, the new man of the new religion arises in Christ. Only as that happens daily, 
can we seek to do true duty, to develop true fruit from this true religion of our true God. True duty, true divine duty, seeks to love the neighbor as Christ loved us first. It always seeks reconciliation with the brother so we can approach God together united in the faith in Christ. True duty seeks to do battle with the world, not with the sword of steel, but with the sword of scripture and the love and humility of our new nature in Christ. True evangelism makes divine peace with the brothers in the church evident to all and responds to the hate of our enemies in truth and love in the scriptures. It is the duty which we strive to live in, which means to say we strive to live in our baptism, which is just saying it is the new nature which we are looking to live out, not because we loved God in and of ourselves, but because he first loved us in Christ and united us with Christ in baptism. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. upon thee to deliver
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord of all power and might, who is the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, 
that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, 
but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.